Well, welcome to Journey to the Stage. This is Brian Frazier, and I'm glad you've tuned in. The purpose of this podcast is to explore the journey that the artist has taken to gain insight into what has shaped them. Before we begin, wherever you're listening, if you could subscribe, follow, or leave a kind review if you've enjoyed our time, I would be ever so grateful. This is episode number 10, and my guest today has a great name, a name that I love, and so does my mom. Brian is a country singer, songwriter, and recording artist who has a brand new single out called I Don't Miss You, and we'll play a little bit later. Brian Frazier, welcome to Journey to the Stage with Brian Frazier. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. It's always good. Always good to see another family member here. It's a, I didn't know I had a California relative up in here. Brian yeah. Frazier. I will speak, I'll speak to any Brian Frazier ever. That's all. You got to hit me up. Thank, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, absolutely glad to have you. And so I, just to explain to everybody how this came about, maybe a month or so ago, I was just Googling the name of my podcast just to see what comes up. And I see a Brian Frazier with a video called on the radio. And I'm like, who is this guy with my name <laughs> spelled the same way, which is really uncommon because Brian can be spelled a couple of ways. Frazier can be spelled a couple of ways. So I clicked on the video and I was like, I really dig this song. This is really good. So I listened to a little couple more cuts and I'm like, I got to have this guy on my podcast. What a blast that would be. So I reached out and uh, about a month later, here we are. And so I'm so grateful that you. I'm glad you liked my song. It it definitely could have went the other way. We were like, I don't know if I want to be involved with this guy. He's making the name bad. No, (laughs) I'm glad that's a good sign that you stopped and went, all right, I like it. That makes me feel good. But yeah, 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 sure. Absolutely. And and we'll, we'll play that that song here in in just a little bit. So, all right, so let's get, uh, get ourselves moving here. So you were born uh, Winchester, Virginia. That's a beautiful part of the country there in the Shenandoah Valley. Did you grow up listening to a lot of country music? Yeah, um, from the very early on, um, Winchester, uh, Virginia, it's where Patsy Cline's from. I don't know if you know that. So, I mean, right off the bat, it's kind of just like ingrained in our blood to listen to any commercial or not just country music in general and bluegrass. And it's just a very big music area in a weird way. And Patsy Mm -hmm. Cline being from my hometown, it's always been, I mean, from very little just country music just pounding through the radio and and my father always kind of back in the day would just talk about songwriting in Nashville and he had nothing to do with music but he exposed me to a lot of a lot of different types of country music very early on just because he was a lover of it so I kind of took that passion and then later on middle school high school kind of ran with it but um yeah, Winchester, Virginia, it's my hometown. I, I wish I wish I could do what I, I do in Nashville there. I think eventually someday if I get big enough, I'll probably have a place back there because it is it's a, it's a postcard type of place. My backyard back home, the Blue Ridge Mountains, country roads is for real. That exists yes, sir. in certain places. And I uh, can't really describe it until you see it. But uh, home's a big part of my, my my writing and kind of like where where everything came from. And Absolutely. I love I love Winchester, Virginia with all my heart. So. 
yeah. hometowns means a lot. I, I have kind of a thing where it's like I write so many hometown songs. I could show you probably six or seven. <laughs> it's a good thing, but love where I come from. <laughs> nice, nice. And uh, speaking of Patsy Klein, my my step uncle was Hank Cochran, who wrote a lot for her. And oh uh, yeah. So kind of a little bit of family history there. And what a voice Patsy had. Died way too soon. Way too, too, too soon. soon. And, uh, in our town, she didn't get the respect till like 20 years later. A lot of the people hated her because she kind of grew up poor on the wrong side of the tracks. And it was kind of a shame that it took all these old old people to die off to kind of give her the respect. But that's, yeah. a, that's a whole other podcast, though. But yeah, right. <laughs> crazy. <though>. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's really interesting, and you know where where we come from is such a big part of our story. And I, as you said, it plays a big part into your writing. Do you remember the first song that you wrote? Um, yeah, it was called "Sitting Here." It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great at all. It was just like I think it was over literally the melody of "Wagon Wheel." <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like 13, 14. It's like I'm just sitting here drinking a beer. I mean, the most simple songwriting on earth. I remember turning hey, to my well, friend, and he was like. He was like, wait a minute, you wrote that? And I was like, yeah, I did. <laughs> Looking back, elementary style, but it's funny to think that, the, you know, it's got to start somewhere. That's exactly right. It, it Maybe that song will be revamped and put on a future release. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. I have to put that on SoundCloud, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, cool. Well, let's play the, the first song I heard of yours. It's a great yeah. cut on the radio it's just a great country vibe it's got it's a little bit of rock and roll too let's listen to it we'll talk about it on the other side mud on the tires of a 92 chevrolet Shoulder tapping at the liquor store with a little bit of six pack change. Close it up at the Walmart parking lot, calling everybody for the party spot. Damn, we sure lived it up that senior year. Sounded like something on the radio. Every single line, everybody knows. Turn it on up, takes you back home to better times. Put you right there. When you're 17 and know everything you think you run that town Used to roll up to the riverbank Make a little love as a cricket sang Moonlight in that look in her eyes Sipping that strawberry wine Sounded like something on the radio Every single line everybody knows Turn it on up, takes you back home to better times But you right there in your mind
Yeah, that is a fun, fun song. Uh, it's got it. It's country, but it's got some some rock into it. Is that you playing the electric in there? It is not. It's a lot. Of, it's uh, actually Saul. Uh, his name's Saul. He basically plays all the. He's kind of the big session player for Luke Combs and a lot of other people. Um, we kind of go in a studio. We get around four session players, and they just they they turn the magic on from what I have as a work tape. Just pretty awesome. crazy, but they. They'll do it within, I mean, they'll listen to it in five minutes and then within 30 to 40 minutes, they have the majority of it done and it's, it's ridiculous. It's just definitely something I've only seen possible in Nashville that I've recorded outside of town and that's kind of the difference. But, um, yeah, the, the rock thing, it has a lot more rock. I, I'm definitely a lot more rock influenced. I mean, I grew up Garth Brooks, the whole deal, Alan Jackson. Those are like Alabama, the 90s country, huge. Yeah. But in the early 2000s, I also, I mean, Hate to say it, but Creed and all these rock bands, the 2000s rock, it has a, a thing in my life. Like, I, I love that sound and those things, too, with a little bit of that. So I, I'm sure. kind of trying to find my sound, and I think it would sit in the middle of those. Not, not uh, Like, a 2000s rock with some with a lot of country. So that kind of got well, that yeah. vibe to it, yeah. Well, and nobody listens to just one style of music, or at least they shouldn't. So, yeah, it's not surprising that your influences are are buried uh what can you tell us about that song so um that song based on the radio i mean pretty simple country song it's kind of just about i've had that i had that hook for a while and it was one of those things that kind of i would throw it out and it just found the right co-writers because i think it was the third or fourth time i was kind of trying to write that song and my friend mark oriette and uh eli Locke, which eli's from california and mark's from oregon and i'm from virginia and we all had the same same stuff growing up. That's the crazy thing about Nashville science sometimes. Um, I mean, we went down to the stories and it's like the first verse, I mean, showing at a liquor store. You ever stood outside a gas station trying to get beer when you're not 21? You're like, hey, <laughs> mister. Like, I mean, that, that's simple, but we all did it randomly. And um, those things, it sounds it sounds cliche, but at the same time, like, there is parts of songs, not all country songs, because it's gotten a little, sometimes, especially in the past 10 years, a little too much. There's, there's things where you're like, man, that's me. I did. I grew up with that. You're like that. Sure, I had a part sure. of me in that. And I, I really just wanted to show that in a cool way because I grew up in a semi pretty idyllic place to where it was these things and uh, simple things, but fun things. And it did sound like a lot of my life growing up sounded like something on the radio. And I just yeah, kept thinking yeah. about that being like, huh, that would be a really cool hook. And, uh, I'm just pumped for the way it turned out. I'm pumped for the reception of it. I mean, hey, it got me on your podcast, so it's working, I guess, semi. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah it's it's been cool, and uh, I, I really I really love that song. It's, a, it's, it's that hook is phenomenal, and it and it kind of gets yeah. just stuck in your head. And it's singable. I mean, that's what you want in a song, right? That's a good hook. It's something that you can remember, something everyone can sing along to. Uh, what what kind of places were you playing early on, trying to kind of get your name out there? way early on i probably like uh high school was more just bonfires and just basements with friends you know just messing around playing covers and stuff and then uh, i went to college at a small kind of a hippie town college in uh, west virginia called shepherdstown or it's called shepherd college and um uh, in shepherdstown west virginia i started playing a few open mics and i was definitely the only country influenced guy it was a lot more bluegrass and kind of very very hippie people playing these open mics I kind of learned how to even grab a crowd then because they weren't there for country music, but I could grab them with some of my songs 
that they just it, a good song's a good song. I kind of started to figure out. I was like, wait a minute, I can get these people that don't even like the genre that I'm trying to do. And um, right. just started with open mics in college, really, and, and started working my way up to uh, paid gigs through that. I think within a year playing open mics, started playing small festivals and stuff back around the D.C. Virginia area. And it kind of all bloomed from there. And then when I graduated college, I hit it down to Nashville because I really wanted to really hone, hone in on the writing part of it. Because writing, I'm a, I'm a writer first. I, I, I'm always going to be an artist. I love singing. I love performing and entertaining. It's so fun. But the songwriting part's just to me, that's why you do music. It's just, you can't beat it. I've noticed that you've recorded lots of you know EPs and singles as opposed to full albums, is that kind of a recognition to how people are consuming music these days where the idea of maybe a full album isn't quite as popular as it used to be in the, in the streaming world? A hundred percent. Unfortunately. Um, I mean, albums still are there and I love it. Um, it's also more of a, a money constraint thing to, uh, it, to do it correctly. Music is way more expensive than anyone thinks to do it right. Um, you could do it cheap. It could sound like a demo if you want to do a whole album full of that. But like to do a full album, it's it's definitely it's almost like a cost of a car. So, but like in the the consumption has just changed totally it, for better or for worse. It is what it is. I grew up in the Napster era, so I get people just picking songs and being like, I only want one song, so why do I don't want the album? And I I, I was young enough to where I remember buying albums, so I've yeah. seen it kind of go through the changes here and. Definitely within the past 10 years. I mean, when I've gotten into releasing music, the Spotify has taken over so much to where you have to just release singles almost unless you really are hellbent on that album. So the album cycle is it, to build a fan base, at least what I've seen is a single every couple of months builds it better than just releasing an album because they won't. It sucks with the way the algorithm works. It just won't. It won't give the same attention to a full album. I think the music industry just changes so much three to four years every time. So I'm sure in three to four years, there'll be some other thing. Hope, hopefully it won't uh, change the songs to make it to where we got to have minute songs or something, but <laughs> I won't follow that. I'm not going to follow that world. Uh, I'll have to stick, yeah. stick my uh, flag in the ground. But consumption has changed completely, for sure, for better or for worse. It's um, And that's why you kind of have to release singles and EPs. It's it, EPs are becoming even like not even wanted. It's, it's a bizarre, bizarre world we live in. They just want singles every couple months. Right. Well, the old model of writing an album, spending lots of money in the studio and time, releasing that album and then touring for a year, taking a little break and then repeating that cycle. That is a very expensive model. And you're right. It doesn't really fly so much anymore. I mean, people still do it. There are artists that can pull that off. But you're right. People aren't buying albums as much as they used to. They're streaming songs. And so, yeah, I can see how you've adapted uh, to really where the where the people are where the public is let's talk a little bit about writing how often do you write are you continually writing do you write better you know with uh, time constraint what do you what do you need to, um, to feel creative so, i mean i moved here to write for myself and for other artists i write for that type of thing that's kind of why why i moved to nashville because i didn't do that you don't exactly have to be here if you're not trying to write a lot but i, I write at least four times a week I mean, we're booked out at least two months in advance. It's kind of just a, a lot of songs. And I, I've definitely tried to like scale back sometimes in the past few months because I've just written, I mean, I'm write, writing to 100, 120 songs a year. 
and you just got to get through the bad ones. But like, one, I've gotten to the point where I feel like I got like a certain crew that I know that we can come out with songs that I really like, and I think we can pitch to other people and that type of thing. But it, it kind of it takes time, and it every every songwriting process is different. I mean, it usually takes three hours. You kind of get in the room. You book. I mean, you're booking rights. They're ten thirty to eleven. Around eleven o'clock, we all meet up, either on music row or at someone's house, and throw out ideas and write. And you either—it's crazy. I've had amazing songs come out like that on the radio. Came out probably in forty minutes. And then I've had other songs take two, three co-writes if you just really want to chase it. And there's some people, and I don't like it, but they'll just give up if the song doesn't come out in like forty to forty minutes to an hour. It's kind of a natural thing. They're like, "Well, it just wasn't hitting." And I'm like, "Well, if the idea is there, you should chase it." It's got to be a good idea. You got to have something. That's kind of the basis. And then everything else takes place. Maybe a melody, a chord structure. Four, three, four times a week, we're writing. And uh, I'd say, I mean, literally out of 100 songs, you probably get 10 or 12 that are good. And then five that are like A++. Right. And then how do you decide when you're co-writing, how do you decide where that song's going? You're like, no, I I think I'd like to record this one and make it a single. How, How do you guys decide that? I gotta say, I play so much writers rounds in town and stuff. Like a lot of the stuff we play in town, we play a lot of the singer songwriter writers rounds, and you you get to kind of figure out which songs you're like, oh, this is mine, and the way the way people react. Like I, I played that on the radio song for probably half a year out, and then was like, it's almost like a, a market research or crowd. Like you know, you're kind of like it's a weird drunk market research because people are just hammered in these bars, being like, oh, but you'll see when their eyes light up certain songs. And their eyes don't light up to certain songs. And it's funny that way. We all kind of know when we hit when we hit one. And there'll be, there'll be ones where I'm like, man, this song is amazing. I, I'm obsessed with it. And then I play it out. And I'm like, well, that didn't go anywhere I thought. And it, it, right. sometimes no rhyme or reason. The ones I put out, they're definitely crowd tested, I'd say. But some of the times I'll be writing with another artist. Like I have this uh, song recorded by Chris Rudiger kind of a big TikTok guy. He writes a lot more country, pop country stuff. And we went into that right knowing we were going to write for him. Kind of, it was the vibe. Like, all right, let's see what we can get for you, man. Instead yeah. of me. Like, I'm not, I'm not going in. For, like, there's certain guys where I'm like, all right, I'm writing for me. Let's, I got this title, it's for me. And um, you kind of know the day of one of those situations. When the idea comes out, you're like, all right, I think this is for you. But um, yeah. Yeah. That well, that's, sense. <laughs> no, sure. No. Yeah. It, no, it totally does. And that song is that when uh, is that when you don't is that because that song has got over a million streams. I love that song. I, I had that title, and then I'm a big like I don't know why I love like I've never had a girl leave me at the airport, but I love songs where girls are just leaving you at the airport. I don't know. <laughs> I can write. I can write them really good. I don't understand. We I've never really had a girl leave me and go across the country, but I can write the hell out of those type of songs. And Chris just kind of. <laughs> He, he can sing in the syncopation and he makes it so cool. It, it works and he kind of, he has his own thing going. So it's cool to see because people would never think I would write that type of thing because they kind of will pigeonhole you and be like, oh, you must just do rock country. You probably, you're, you're the redneck dude, those party songs. Like, I like kind of being the chameleon where they go, wait a minute. Oh, you're more than that. You can actually write certain things that you should never expect. Absolutely. So I want to play the song, I Don't Miss You. What, what can you tell me about that song? Did it, does this come out of those writing sessions that you had? It did. Um, I actually wrote that with Mark Orriott too. One of, uh, he's kind of one of the bigger co-writers. And it was just him and I. And we, I had been in a songwriting funk 
I wrote that probably two and a half years ago. And like, I just hadn't written anything for a month or two. And then I had, he, he was like, he, he woke up, I guess he was like, man, I was pretty drunk late last night and I got this riff, man. I just started spitting it out. And that was one of the songs that within like 35 minutes we had, I remember hugging him and being like, I needed this man. But certain times you get down on yourself in town and you're like, why am I here? This is stupid. I should go get a real job. <laughs> and I remember hugging him being like, thank you, man. And the song came from, I mean, it's more of a high school relationship I had with this girl. I remember seeing her and being like, nah, nah, I don't miss all that stuff. Like, and yep. we used to ride around in a little red two-door Jeep. I had one, like we used to sing, like we used to spend literally two to three summers together. And then we kind of just went our separate ways. She lives in like Alaska now. I don't, and I don't even think she knows it's about her. I haven't talked to her probably in a couple of years, but yeah. it comes from a real, that, those, are, those things come from a real place. And I just kind of liked the turn. I thought it was interesting to kind of just, if you just saw the person, what would you say? You'd be like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't, I don't miss you. I don't miss you. Awesome. Well, let's listen to it. This is, I don't miss you. This is Brian's latest track. This came out, what, just a couple of weeks ago, right? You released yeah, it? Yeah, a week and a half ago. And uh, it's doing pretty well streaming. So I'm pumped for this. I, di I didn't know what to expect. Let's give it a listen. Chasing your dreams down Never thought I'd hear your voice again Me, I'm doing alright How's your mama now? Crazy to see you How long's it been? No, nothing's wrong Of course I've moved on Cause I don't miss that little red two-door Jeep Miss that song we used to sing Wish I could turn back the hands of time Since you could always tell my lies from the truth I'll see I don't miss you Good to see you ain't lost that draw Your smile, that laugh hasn't changed at all Song we used to sing. Oh. 
Very nice. I, even just the way it opens, I'm like, ah. Okay. It took a long, uh, the mixing took that, that. I had that song probably six, seven months, and the mixing for it was just kind of a mess because we got too creative with it. But it, I'm, I'm so glad that we kind of took the time and really dug into it because I'm proud of that one. Just It sounds different. I, I want some stuff to people to be like, that just doesn't sound like the normal Nashville thing. It's a really good one, and hopefully that will get you a ton of streams. What would you say to a young boy or girl who's getting ready to pick up a guitar maybe for the first time or sit behind the piano? What, what would you tell them? Do not rush. Don't think you need to be Taylor Swift at 15. Not everyone's Taylor Swift. You don't need to be Taylor Swift. Like, if you are that good, that's awesome. But I've seen so many young people come to town or they move, their, their parents move into the town and they're young and they don't get to live like, I, I honestly, I mean, I'm a little older, but I, I do think the people that I've met that are great songwriters and singers, they've lived a little and they weren't just like thrown into the music industry young. I think it's I, I just take your time. I know it's hard to when you're young to be told, hey, chill, just hang out. I think it did me very well not to move here before college and, and after because I was able to kind of have these things to reach back to the, the stories that I'm talking about. I think the writing is better for me. So I definitely, first off, would just say, just take your time, be crappy for a while. Dave Grohl always said that. It's like you get in the band and just suck for a while because you're going to get better. You just, you're, you are as long like, just keep playing around campfires, learn a couple chords. I mean, I learned guitar off YouTube. You can go on YouTube and try to just learn songs that you like. And then eventually, maybe the songwriting thing comes to you. Maybe it doesn't. It's just like, take your time, I think. Because I think so many in the, the, you know, the TikTok, Instagram world, it's like, you just see like, oh, this person's amazing. And she's 16. Or like American Idol stuff. It's like, that's right. not usually how the best people end up where they're at. It, it's, it, it is it's stereotypical. But the hard work behind the scenes, it's an overnight success doesn't happen. There was a million hours spent beforehand. That's great advice. I remember reading something that country singer Hank Cochran used to say about songwriting. He would say, and I'm probably not getting it right, but make it short, make it sweet and make it rhyme. And I thought, well, that's really, that's good advice for a songwriter. Not that hard. <laughs> yeah. But it is. No, yeah. but it is. Right. So, so what is next? So next, I've got two more songs we're uh, just recorded called Damn bna and the other called uh put me in a bar which is a more just up tempo party song so at some point we got those getting mixed right now so put those songs out and then probably going to go back in the studio and record more because like we were saying singles are the king right now so try to put as much music out as we can um other than that i'm really focusing on writing a lot this year for me myself and other artists and um i'll be touring a decent amount in virginia in West Virginia and some in North Carolina in that area. Make sure you check my website out. We will yes. be around. Yeah. And so everyone can swing by brianfraser.com. That's B-R-Y-A-N-F-R-A-Z-I-E-R.com, which means I can't have my own website now. So thank Sorry, you. Sorry, I 
stole it. I know. I got you on it. I- <laughs> that is messed up. I was just on your website last night as I was prepping, and your shirts, let's say Brian Fraser on them. I think I need to get me one of those. I will send you one. You will get one. I, yeah, just tell me a size, man, afterwards. I'll, I'll get you. Yeah, you, you need a merch package with your name on it. You can act like it's you. I was like, <laughs> everyone's going to be like, why is he wearing his own thing? It's self That would be hilarious. I didn't think about that. <laughs> yes. You are definitely getting all my merch for sure. Yeah. Oh, dude. I always encourage people, go see live shows. When Just keep an eye on Brian's website, brianfraser.com. See, see when he's coming to your neck of the woods. Go out, support him. Encourage him. Shake his hand. Buy some merch. Listen to his music. So, Let's talk about socials. How can uh, social media wise? Yeah, so everything's Brian Fraser, Brian with a Y, Fraser with a Z, music. So pretty easy. At Brian Fraser Music um, on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Facebook's kind of dying, but uh, the and Twitter too. I have a Twitter. Instagram and TikTok are kind of the, the biggest places I'm definitely most on. So uh, please give me a follow there. There's a lot of comedy, a lot of music, and a lot of out of everything but uh if you like country music and rock and some comedy involved you will you will love my instagram and tiktok so please give me a follow so a few podcasts ago brian i started something called one random question and it's yeah. kind of i have some random questions written out i pick one before i, I sit down with the mm-hmm. artist and here's the question i came up for you and this i think could be pretty cool all so right if, let's see if you could spend the day with anyone any person who has passed away already, who would it be? What would you do and why? Who has passed away already? I don't want to get dark, but I, my grandfather passed away about a year before I was born. And they always oh. say I literally am exactly like him. I've written a couple of songs about this, but like I look like him because yeah, they have pictures of him. I look, I look like a carbon copy. They say like my humor, exactly like him. And he was big into country music. I have this song I, I wrote about it called Memories I Never Knew. Because it's like, it's just, I never got to hang out with the guy. And- I think that's actually really, really cool. And I'm with you. I have uh, my grandfather on my dad's side. I don't know if he died when my dad was a kid. So I, I think my choice would probably be the same, actually. Yeah, this has been an absolute blast. I, I love what you've released so far. I wish you the best. If you do an album release or something down the road, man, I'd love to have you back. We could talk through some of the cuts and chat a little bit. Remember this, Brian Frazier, somewhere out there, there is a Brian Frazier who is rooting for you. We will definitely have to get a beer. One day I'll come out to Cali. We will will have Brian Frazier hang out. We will definitely. (laughs) We will (laughs) love it. But uh, thank you for having me on. I love Uh, weird coincidences like this. I think it's fate. It's cool that this this is how the world is now that we're able to kind of social media and stuff converge. So I really appreciate it. And thank you for giving light on, you know, younger artists and songwriters like me, because it means a lot. We need all we can get. And I appreciate it more than you'll ever know. Absolutely, man. And who are your biggest supporters? Who would you, who would you like to, to give a shout out to? Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, first off mom and dad, because you know, I, I wouldn't be able to get to Nashville without them. And uh, all my co-writers in Nashville, man, I, I'd be half the writers without them. Mark Oriette, Dawson Edwards, Alex Maxwell, Eli Locke, the whole No Hits crew. Love y'all. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, thank you, everybody out there for listening and for your support of my podcast. If you think of it, follow me, subscribe, leave a kind review, throw some stars my way. I'm always appreciative of support um, as I build my podcast. And 
And I want to thank my number one fan, Mary Fraser. Thank you for being my number one fan. I love you, Ma. And so, Brian, so just so I can make sure there's not a glitch in the matrix, I'm not talking to a younger version of myself. <laughs> what is your middle name? I'm David. Where are you? Okay. I'm Andrew. Okay. Okay. Ooh, we dodged the bullet there. We tried. <laughs> that would have been crazy, though. <laughs> yes. Well, no, I, I was a little nervous. I was, there was some kind of weird working thing going on. So, well, awesome. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you all for listening. And we will see you on our next journey to the stage. And that thank is you. a wrap.